This podcast is made possible by the generous support of listeners like you. Learn more at nypl.org slash podcast. And to make sure you never miss an episode, find us and subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, or SoundCloud. Welcome to the New York Public Library podcast, where each week we bring you conversations with world-renowned authors, artists, and thinkers, recorded in front of a live audience in New York City. On this week's podcast, we're excited to welcome award-winning photographer Bruce Davidson, whose prolific body of work includes documentations of the 1960s civil rights movement and the gritty underbelly of New York City in the late 70s. He came to the library this spring for a conversation with Academy Award-winning actor Matt Dillon, who is a great admirer and collector of Davidson's work. In this riveting discussion between the two great artists, Davidson and Dylan talk about images, storytelling, and the joy of working in silence. Um, it's really a pleasure for me to be here with you, Bruce. Um, the first time I met Bruce was, uh, I think, in 1985 or 86. And he was nice enough to have me up to his apartment to look at some of his work and talk about his work. And because it had a deep effect on me. So, you know, it was, was interesting. Paul was saying for, for a quarter of a century, I've been a fan of your work. And uh, especially, uh, especially the stuff here in New York had an impact on me. The visceral uh, work that you did with the gang series and with the East Harlem series and the subway photographs. And you were so really gracious to take me through all of that work when we first met. And you know, that work really, there were two photographers for me as a young man, um, you know, as a young actor really, and, and photography influenced me as an actor. I, I don't think Howard Greenberg would like this too much, but I Xeroxed pictures from one of your books and put them on my wall when I was doing Drugstore Cowboy, you know, some of the pictures from the gang series. And, uh, but, uh, and they, th those images have been with me for a while. In fact, I have some friends here that are, that are a friend of mine who's an artist, and she was telling me about how, you know, that this photography has been with her in, in that same way for all these years. And uh, so I, I guess, you know, I want to turn it over to you. You know, I don't want to make this, you know, I want to, I really want to hear about Okay, I have this, this remote here, which we can run through your photographs, and I have to be careful that I don't get too swept up in the images, and then I just become like everybody else looking at these wonderful pictures. But I, th I think the first thing I'd like to start off is how you, how you what, was the, what was it that made you decide to become a photographer in the first place? Oh, <clears throat> it's because I was a lousy basketball player. <laughs> and... Uh, <clears throat> I was short and not that well kinetic. But I was fortunate because while I was waiting to get back into a game, my friend Sammy Nichols came by and said, you want to see developing in my basement? I said, what's that? What's developing? He said, come along. You know, two kids. I was 10 years old. Sammy was 11. We went into this dark, dank, Midwestern house, and I saw a red light. And then I saw some, what I thought was water in some of the little enamel trays. Good you didn't, didn't drink any of it. No, I didn't drink of it. But what I did was I waited till light hit 
the piece of paper and it began, and it was put in the solution and an image came out. So out of nothing, everything was coming out. So I ran home and my mother agreed to empty grandmother's jelly closet and make a darkroom for me. And that was the beginning. Wonderful. That's great. Let's, can we, oh, there we go. Oh my God. Well, this is the picture that I remember most from when we had met right. back then. And uh, where, where was this photograph taken? It was in New Jersey. It was Jersey, a Palisades right? amusement park uh, in New Jersey. Uh, and the Magnum had a, one of its editors uh, who was an amateur trapeze artist and knew about the circus coming to New Jersey and knew that I would like to see it because it had a white tent and you could photograph inside. It wasn't dark. Mm. So I, I went there on the bus and I stood there. It was a slightly raining and met, had a confrontation with Jimmy Armstrong, the dwarf. I wow. didn't want him to dwarf. I didn't want him to clown. I just wanted him to be there in the moment. Uh. So I didn't do anything except point the camera slowly towards him. So that's a, that had that rhythm and that meaning. Oh, here. <clears throat> There's Jimmy. Wow, that's a great photograph. Yeah. Um, what's important to me is going on. And um, the dwarf photographs are made in... Uh, 58. Later, I had, uh, in 67, after I finished East 100th Street, I wanted to go to the uh, Duffy Circus in Ireland. And my wife and I were newly married, and they allowed me to climb to the top of the tent and look down. And Emily, my wife at the time, <clears throat> and still is, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh, she held the strobe down below and I ran a cord down but she had turned the strobe the opposite direction that it needed to be turned so I wrote a note please turn strobe to the left and I tore a piece of paper off and it fluttered down and she looked at this fluttering uh. piece of paper with an instruction like it was a religious <laughs> entity. Yeah, she had no idea where it was coming from. Right, right, right. From right. the she, heavens above. She, 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 did, she just knew that we were on our honeymoon. And of course, even the fact that I took a young bride to Ireland to travel with the circus. It doesn't sound too romantic. Now, how, long was the, how long was the honeymoon and how long was the... Well, the marriage is still working. Well, the marriage is great. But, so, you know, that's one of the things really that's interesting. I mean, a lot of people go out, photographers and those of us that are amateur or photo takers, mm -hmm. uh, and go out and take pictures. But you, you go out often with a game plan and you'll start, you, you look at something more conceptually, like, and, and I wanted to talk to you a little bit about that. Like, yeah. I mean, for example, the, seek, the, the circus thing that you did here, uh -huh. that was how, how, how many, how much I time did you spend? I traveled a couple months with the Clyde Reedy Circus. Oh. Uh, I sat, uh, um, Hugo Zucchini, the cannon man, allowed me to ride in his truck with the cannon. Oh, wow. And uh, so, but I focused mostly 
on Jimmy Armstrong because I had a relationship with him. And, my, and things take time with me. Usually, uh, I, I mean, that project was a couple of months, but I worked on things that t t took a couple of years. Well, I think here we're, we're going into the gang series, which yeah. is personal, personal favorite, favorite of mine. And, yeah. and, uh, and I actually met, I met Benji. Yeah, Benji, the, who was the leader. He was the leader of the gang. Yeah. And he recently passed away, but I know he... Right. I know a Emily had written, written right. a book about it. Yeah, Emily funny. did something that was very interesting. I photographed the, the gang, although they really were just 15-year-old, 16-year-old kids, lonely. Uh, Can I ask what the age difference was between you and them? I was 26 at the time. Okay. And I felt that their feeling, their mood, their despair. Uh, years later, years and years later, the leader of the gang, Benji, came, called me. He wanted to get together, and Emmy said, no, not without me. And they struck up a relationship that lasted about eight or nine years. And then her book was about the fact that Benji's mother was an alcoholic, and sometimes the father, who was also drunk half the time, hardworking but drinking, uh, she, she, she really made information, gave I information and reasoning, uh, whereas my photographs were beautiful and sexy maybe and... Mysterious. Mysterious and all that. But I didn't know exactly how poor they, everybody was. And how, and how tough it was. And how me. tough it was. That, that this came this is book. Benji later. When did you do this picture of Benji? That was soon after we met each other again. Uh, and em, he, she and Emily, uh, every Saturday he would come over and she would talk to him. And I was a little worried that I shouldn't leave a gang, notorious gang leader just out of prison to... Uh, to my wife, so I... Uh, well, there I, he is I, back in the day. I, yeah, I have print. Uh, I have a darkroom in the apartment, so every mm. Saturday I was printing. <laughs> <laughs> you made sure of yeah, that. Yeah. Wow. He was an amazing guy. Really amazing. Mm. Well, here you are with them, and you're only... I mean, Jesus, you're only a little less... You're about 10 years older yeah. than them. Yeah. So... But I felt them. Yeah, I mean, they, it's clear, clear that they trust you. They've developed mm. a trust. And I wanted to talk about how you, how you garner that, how you, how you develop the rapport with yeah. the subject. It takes time. Mm. You have to go slow. Well, your pictures have a real intimacy. Here's a, here's, this is one of the pictures that I had. Sorry, Howard, this is one of the ones that I Xerox copied and put it on my, on my wall. You can make a movie anytime you want. <laughs> Uh, you could direct it now, and uh, yeah, it's a great photograph. Um, you were telling me when I when I went over to your place the other day, we were talking about how this series. How how, how long did it take? How much time did you spend with the gang? Yeah, uh, it was done over eleven months. But you said it really started to cook. It, it, it in the beginning, I met them because they they had a rumble. And the newspaper, Daily News, gave the address of where the gang hung out. So I went down there and looking at them. And I, I told them I'd take pictures of their 
injuries. Yes, I, I took pictures of, in color of bandages. And they were very wow. proud of their, of their bandage bump, you know. Um, and then I just sort of hung out with them, you know. I, I didn't talk to them much. I watched, I listened, you know. But I, I didn't want to become a gang member. I wanted to become an observer. Right, right, sure. These are great. And I, you were telling me about how these pictures were taken with the strobe, right? Again, no, we know no, the that light, was bare light bulb. Bare light bulb. Right, right. Yeah, that, this photograph is made with a 60-watt light bulb. And the way I... The day before, they told me they were going to go down to Coney Island. Okay. So I said, where are you going to hang out? They told me. So I, I took the day before that, I, I went down there to look at their place. And I saw there were light sockets in the, underneath the boardwalk. But no lights, no bulbs. They were all broken, taken away. So when, the, when we photographed at night, that next night, I had my little 60-watt bulb that I screw in, and it lit up. Wow. Without that, I wouldn't be sitting so here. So this is a 60-watt... <laughs> <laughs> this is a 60-watt... And, and again, the guy up on the right-hand corner, I don't know, I feel like I connected with that guy in one of the characters I did somewhere along the line. But, um, and this is, was another one of those pictures, sorry, Howard, that, we, that I Xerox copied, but it, it's, it's so great. And it's that shucking and jiving, hanging out. And that's Benji Deep, right? Yes, in the middle. Yeah. And, and Junior, and Junior on the left, he was an avid reader. He was an avid reader. Whereas Lefty on the right, tattooed mom and dad, um, ended up in prison and, and died. Hmm. Uh, the, the gang leader on the left, rolling up his sleeves... Uh, R.D.G. Marino is his name. He's a retired subway undercover detective today. Mm. Uh, Kathy died. That's Kathy. Yeah. Absolutely. The Bridget Bardot of Brooklyn. Of the gang, for Uh, sure. uh, She was the Bridget. Yeah, she was the Bridget Bardot of the gang. This is uh, another iconic photograph. These These two groups, they don't look to be look too happy to be together here. Well, you know, coming back on a hot summer night from Coney Island, you know, you're exhausted. And you know you're going back to the neighborhood, back to the same life. Yeah. You may not be able to articulate it in words, but, but you become very glum coming back into the neighborhood, which there were no facilities for these kids at whatsoever. Yeah. Okay. Uh, the Civil Rights Movement. Mm-hmm. I, I received a fellowship from the Guggenheim Foundation to photograph youth in America, fashioned after my gang photographs. Um, someone told me there was a bunch of young college students challenging segregational law. In, and so I went down there, not really knowing what, was, what it was all about. But I soon learned what it was all about because I traveled on the bus. I was, I was a bus rider. And that, from that moment on, I, in the next five years, I photographed many demonstrations, uh, marches, people, whatever, over, over a period of five years. Can I ask you what's playing on that jukebox? 
halfway out of the poster. Mm. Um, but you can see the blood stains, even though it's in black and white. Now, the, the photograph that you did of Viola in, on the TV set, yeah. was that, that was done after? Uh, uh, yeah. Yeah, that was done as a news item. Um, <clears throat> wow. Wow. Incredible. I mean, this is really topical today yes. with everything that's going on here. Yeah, this, Mother Brown, she, I met her in Harlem. She had born, been born a slave. She was over 110 years old at the time I photographed her. She was on an outing. <clears throat> and then we get the, we've got the Statue of Liberty there. Yeah. And here we seem to... That building is still there in LAX. Oh, is it? Yeah, that's yeah. right. It's, uh, um, so you spent some time out there. What years did you do? You did a well, series 19, of photographs. Uh, in 1964, Esquire magazine assigned me to photograph whatever I wanted in L.A. in 64. You spent a lot of time with this lady here with the yeah, polka dots. Yeah, just walking around, you know. Uh, um, I hated the place. Mm. <laughs> you know. Now, well, we, you're my, a real New Yorker, of course. Because well, I, I, I don't drive, so I, I was kind of trapped. Yeah. But years later, I went back to L.A., and that's my new book on L.A., on okay. the mountains, the, the foothills and mountains behind L.A. really intrigued me, and I was able to photograph the back of the Hollywood sign. Look, what the Hollywood sign sees mm. is basically desert. Scrub desert, wow. see. So I, I, I was just in love with the idea of with an assistant going up the hills. And w at one point, I had a, to f go down a rope to get to a spot to photograph. Right, right. So that was another. I felt, oh my God, I'm, I'm, a, I'm another good, adventure. I, another Ansel Adams. Now <laughs> I want to take us back. We're in Los Angeles, which is great. But I want to go back, and this is. The, the series that, it's, that I just mm -hmm. love. I think this is, I believe, East Harlem, yeah. 100th Street. Right. And, I, you know, we got to talk a little bit about that. And um, I, wanted, I wanted to ask you, what, what was it that made you, I mean, this, this is maybe one of your longer projects, yeah. right? Could you talk yeah. a little bit about that? Yeah. Well, I... Let's go I back was, to the street, actually. I was told that East 100th Street was in really bad shape. It was one of the worst blocks in the city in terms of, uh, in terms of uh, living space. Not in terms of spirit, mm -hmm. but in terms of the physical, you know, run-down tenements. Uh, and one of the editors at Magnum had a relative that lived on the block, was a minister. And so he, she... He set me up with, mm. with uh, that, and I met with the citizens committee, which is storefront, you know. Mm. And they said, "Well, photographers come in here all the time. They take pictures. We never see the pictures, and nothing. Also, nothing changes." And so I said, "Well, I work a little differently. If you allow me to take a picture of a family of ten, I'll show you how beautiful a photograph can be." Mm. And that's what I did, and they allowed me. They gave me an escort at first, Jose Rosa, a young 17-year-old activist in the neighborhood. Mm. 
And uh, so until I felt comfortable to go off by myself, which, which I did. I, it took two years. Wow. And did you know that it was going to be this kind of undertaking, or is it just something that evolved? No, I was just happy to explore. To, I, never, I didn't have an agenda of any kind uh, mm. to see the people, to try to come close to their pain and their passion. Yeah, well, here's a. That's I don't know the, if that's 10. Is that the family? Yeah, I mean, it's a simple picture. It's not going to win any prizes. I mean, for me. But it means a lot to them. For me, and word gets around. This photographer actually took all of us. Mm. Well, it's interesting because you can see some of the people are very, very. Um, they, seem, they, they seem to have developed a, a trust of you. I mean, it's an interesting thing because I look at these pictures now and I think about. You were taking these pictures when people weren't taking pictures. I mean, now everybody's, everybody has a phone, has yeah. a camera, right? And, uh, and, uh, but, you know, these people seem to be really, I mean, interested in having you photograph Yeah, them. Yeah, they're open. See, word got around. Word got around that I was yeah. okay. And I, I didn't try to judge them, I tried to come close to them. Mm. And, and the large format 4x5 camera allowed me to, to have a sense of being eye to eye with my subjects. There wasn't any glib shooting, you know. There wasn't any, you know, Leica or Nikons running around in there. You and see, two, two people on the walls of many of these photographs, John F. Kennedy and, and, and Jesus at that time. Yeah, that's right, and and Bruce. <laughs> and, and you, you were... and, and I, I kind of had a a vision also, mm. Mm. Uh, but it, it it was fun, and it was even fun later years when some of the children became bankers and teachers, and uh, that. <clears throat> so, and a hundred street was man renovated, but they also built in. A large uh, housing, so I don't know exactly. You talked about how you went back sometime later, and, and I like the, the term you used. You said there wasn't the tension that existed there, yeah, that's right. Visually, that you had that's when right. you were there in '66. Right. Well, one thing I did was I went to tutorial programs. I went to Women's Health Building on 106th Street, uh, a dance studio. Um, in other words, there's many positive things that grew out of the original East 100th Street manifest and, and uh, things changed. Things changed anyway, but I was able to photograph, come back because of the early work and mm. photograph a new school, a private school, uh, all that. Now, those photographs I donated of the Union Settlement. They have all the prints. Mm. Uh, and uh, the project was made under the auspices of the um, <clears throat> um, one of the foundation places. Mm. Yeah, yeah uh, but it was fu it's funny because you were talking about like the, you know, the f it, you were happy to see the progress that had taken place, but the photographs were almost too nice, right? It uh, changed so well, much. Yeah, I mean, uh, the, the photographs I made Later, were beautiful little photographs, but 
they didn't have a sex appeal as, yeah. as a poverty, <laughs> as a, uh, a building falling yeah. apart. Well, I, was, I love this picture because the, yeah. the layers and the depth here, you know, looking down, there's a man behind the barrier, and then there's right. some street activity, right. and then the couple here. Right, right. Yeah, you know, I, I didn't have an agenda, so I could photograph anyway, any way, any, I didn't want to be just one thing. Uh, so I, every day was a new day, you know. And I gave prints to people. That was important. So the, the, you presented them with a with a print of this uh, later. Yeah. yeah. Did they like it? What was the response? Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't think anyone did. No, like one, it. no one gave it. I back. wouldn't be here. <laughs> they didn't like it. Uh, yeah. That I mean, I really was clumsy. You know, I had a camera and a tripod and a little portfolio and a strobe. You yeah. know, I mean, what can they, What harm can this? Yeah, I do. So, uh, so, I mean, what is the, I mean, I, I guess with a series like this, I, I, I want to ask you, you know, was there any, f what about the photographs that maybe you didn't take? That maybe, I don't know, maybe there was, you know, did you feel like I want to, uh, you know, that that was a photograph that I just didn't feel was right? Well, uh, I compiled after a year, I compiled quite a few photographs, and the Citizens Committee used those photographs to show the mayor and business people that, they're, that you, those people are really okay. We're all, they're not going to run away from the money. You know, yeah. They're going to build. They're serious. And so the, the photographs became like a calling card for the community. And this is a, one of the photographs that always stays with me. And, and it must have been, I guess I want to talk about how you get to a point where people trust you to the point yeah. where they would allow them, yeah. allow you to take a picture this intimate. Yeah, of them. right, right. Well, um, uh, Jose Rosa said he has a, a, a nephew or a niece that uh, would like to be a fashion model. So I said, let me make a f fashion picture for your cousin. And I did. And I submitted that picture to Vogue. And I knew the people at Vogue because uh, in my early days, before I knew anything, I, I did some, quite a bit of fashion photography. Uh, before I knew better. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and so she ended up full page in Vogue. Wow. So I don't know what happened to her. I've asked Jose, and, um, you know, the lives are fragile. Things, drugs come in. You, yeah, you know, sure, at that things time change. Yeah. Well, they're just such great, I mean... I mean, for me, how much of the, 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 the street has changed? I mean, I, I imagine some of those buildings have been leveled and made worse. Yeah, a lot of them were leveled. They built some middle-class housing, as I understand it. East 100th Street, on the south side of the street, has been renovated completely. Mm. Kitchens and everything's kind of nice. Mm. But that's only one side. There was a vacant lot, a large one, then they made it into a ball field. Then they'd made it into a middle-class housing. 
Um, so things change in, in East 100th Street. Well, again, for me, the composition is so great here. Um, um, this is Emily's. Emily's favorite picture. <laughs> well, she said not her favorite picture, but. No, but one of her, the, the dog. Because the, the dog really comes alive. Yeah, the, in a large print, the, you see the dog very clearly. Mm. And I wasn't going to stick my hand under that bed and take the <laughs> away. Poor God. Well, um, yeah, I guess, you know, I mean, for me, I look at this. What was the defining moment with this series? I mean, you know, that made you say, I, I want to do this. Was it the, that, oh, the, the comparison to Cal? Almost immediately because I was, I was in, interested in the sense of space, scale, you know. I was interested in being able to see through a window in a court far out what the window has, all, all kinds of things that were, that could hold still. I, I remember I was working at a four by five Linhoff with film holders, you know, and <clears throat> that sustained me. Is that I didn't know what I was going to find the next day. See, mm. I, I didn't plan anything. The only thing I planned was I wanted to photograph rats. Now, a four by five, view camera is not made for photographing rats. It oh. just isn't. <laughs> I, I had a They're little, moving around quite a bit. Yeah. Uh, some of the little kids, and, you know, uh, these man-childs, they said, if you want to get a picture of a rat, you have to give them Sara Lee peanut butter. You have to give them what? Peanut butter on a Sara Lee cracker or a piece of bread. So... I took that to be true. So did you go, did you get, I, make I got some peanut the, butter sandwiches? But, and put them down, and then I rigged the camera so that I, I have to do that. I have to turn myself upside down under a black focusing cloth. You know, it's not for rat photography, I'll tell you that. No, so, and I don't imagine you had a lot of volunteers to assist you on those yeah, shoots. So, so what, what happened there is I was under the cloth, and the kids were leaning out the window, Look, waiting for the rat. And one of the kids said, Hey, mister, a rat's going to bite your ass. <laughs> and that did it. But I finally got the picture. I finally got the picture. Hmm. It's a great photograph. I'm sorry, I'm, I get drawn into these pictures yeah. as well. So here we get to the subway, the subway yeah, series. Yeah, what year was that? Let's now, see. This one? Yeah, this, this, this is the... What year or, was it? Yeah, what was, was it? The city was almost in default. And the, the train was terrible. Mid-70s? Yeah, I, I think so. So uh, when did the city go become bank? When did it go in default? It was like, like 76, Six, 77, yeah. around in that time? I began in... 74? Mm. Yeah. This yeah. is 1980. Who's doing their homework over there? Who knew that? Oh, of course, your lovely assistant. Yeah. Uh, and uh, this is 1980. I just roamed around the subway system. Um, well, consistently, one thing I, I see often is you, you're as interested in what's going on out, out the there window. in the city yeah. as what's yeah. going on yeah. here, which is terrific. I mean, it, you know, it reminds you that you're in yeah. New York City. Is this kid high or what's going on here? 
Uh, I didn't ask him. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So it's funny because I know this series as being color pictures, and here yeah. we're looking at them in black well, and white. Well, I started in black and white, and eventually, I, not eventually, but soon after I started, I, I felt and saw and perceived uh, color in the subway because it wasn't a color subject. It was a color subject as far as I was concerned. So the, not the poo-poo, the black and white, they were okay in their, in their entity, but I needed to expand the horizon and, and then I switched to color. Hmm. I'm trying to get, oh, here we go. Now we're yeah. into some color. Yeah. And it was all Kodachrome 64 and the prints that were made from were mostly dye transfer. Hmm. And what year is this, 1980 again? Yeah. Most of them in 80. How long of a series was it? Was, was how long a series? Yeah, I mean, how, how long, long did it take? Yeah. Oh, a little over a year, maybe. Mm. Yeah. And, you know, I, I, I became like a werewolf. I hear these sounds, and I'd jump out of bed and get dressed and go down into the subway and draw on. Wow. You know, and, uh, mm. And you used to take, you took your daughter uh, sometimes on um, trips. Our, our two daughters, I took turns having dates with them. Uh, I don't know too many photographers that take their daughters in the subway on dates, but uh, these kids are pretty tough. Mm. Well, this one is striking because yeah. two things stand out to me is in the distance, of course, we have the World Trade Center. Yeah. But we're reminded this woman looks like she's at sort of, she doesn't quite blend in with this. She may, may not quite trust me. But it's New York City. Yeah, oh yeah, that she didn't trust uh, you. As a matter of fact, she became a kind of a friend and um, uh, was a maitre d' at one of the restaurants. That was her job. Okay. But she wore this, Emily calls, she has the eyes of the animal she's wearing. Ah. <laughs> that's, that's from my wife. <laughs> she kind of does. She looks like... Yeah. That coat looks like it's about to run off into Central Park. Okay, that, this kid, he's got the same color outfit as the doors there. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Now, she, she I, I took her phone number down. Um, Emily? <laughs> Emily? Yeah. Uh, and, um, but I lost track until Hermes had a show of the subway, Hermes on Madison Avenue. And she, they made a diorama of this woman. So I called her and I said, is it all right that you're pictured life-size in the window or Hermes? She said, that, that's okay. And she came and it was like, I was really nervous. It was like a first date, you know, it was like, I was very nervous. I hadn't wow. seen this woman in 20 years, and she's a green, but she turned out to be a banker, uh, investment banker. So she had a lot of money. A lot of money. She bought 10 copies of the book. <laughs> <laughs> well, how did, I mean, is that, is there any indication that she's wearing Hermes? I mean, I wouldn't know. I mean, I wouldn't know, but. Yeah. Or did Hermes just think, we like this picture, you know, and uh, it's a beautiful photograph, but I'm wondering, is she wearing Hermes? She wore what? Hermes, right? Uh, uh, yeah, she will pass it by. Yeah. All right. 
Yeah, she was her Hermes material. This guy looks like a rough customer. Like, so how do yeah. you engage well, with the guy? Well, here, see, what I did, there's always a little trick, trickery here. I carried with me a five by seven white gold trim wedding album with my pictures in the subway of people. So when I looked at this guy and he looked at me, he said, don't take my picture, mister, I'm going to break your camera. Those are his very words. So I said, wait a minute, I never take pictures of people without their permission. Let me show you my work. So I sat next to him and he looked through, he said, oh, these are good pictures. Oh, you can take my picture now. <laughs> very good. Yeah. I feel like I've been in that spot myself yeah. before. Is that the same Hermes? Uh, no, that's a different color. Well, I can see where you would have had different. a flare. <laughs> yeah, I'm colorblind. I was diagnosed as colorblind. I really was. You know, I'm be, I don't think I am colorblind, but I was diagnosed as colorblind. And they say that it, like, like 30% of all boys are colorblind, but I, I'm questioning that diagnosis. But now, maybe, yeah, I can see it's a different color. All right. What are you talking about? Here we go. About? I think I know some. I think I was hanging out with some of those guys. That's well, a different uh, gang, right? Uh, what happened with Hermes, the owner of Hermes in France, took a liking to the subway pictures. Oh, I see. And actually, they had an exhibition. They flew their people, her, display people f over and put the prints on Velcro, industrial strength Velcro. The sh exhibition was really exciting. And, and it's all because he liked those pictures and you wouldn't think he would, you know, being a, a store like that. Mm. Yeah. And what, you, what year was that? Oh God. Was it 20 years after the, the uh, photos were taken? Yeah. So uh, 99, 2000? Yeah. Uh, Okay, same period. Yeah, this is a great. Yeah. So the main thing is to stay open when you're. Okay. Okay, now you're in your. Yeah. Now I remember we talked about this, but I don't yeah. remember the details of it. Oh. So yeah. what what's going on? I mean. Okay, towards the end, I was really finished photographing in the subway. You know, I just couldn't do it anymore. And um, New York Magazine called me and said there was a unit of police that dress themselves and behave in such a way to precipitate a robbery, and then they grab the, the people. So I said, I'd been mugged a couple of times, so I, I'm used to it. Could I be one of the uh, uh, suckers? Yeah. So there, in the car there was a, a rabbi, police rabbi, with gold chains. Well, no rabbi walks around with gold <laughs> And then I had my camera motor drive flash out. And I also had a subway map. And I would always lift it up like I was brought, uh, a tourist. Yeah. Well, a tourist, exactly. Well, after about the seventh or eighth night, um, we got hit. I mean, I got hit. And, and, but Billy, who's a backup, he looks more like a criminal than a criminal. And he, he arrested this guy. He, this guy was going to uh, take my camera from me. Um, hmm. and, that, and that went on day of... I, w I wasn't very good at pickpockets. I, I couldn't... They, they could see... They're a unit. And these guys are trained to see pickpockets, what, 
way they behave, the way they get into the train. When the doors close, they can't get at them, and that kind of thing. So the whole, I, I was with these guys for about 10 days. So when you say you got hit, can you tell me what uh, exactly? Well, the guy, the guy saw this, this me, <laughs> uh, uh, with a subway map and his expensive camera. I mean, I would have robbed him myself. Yeah, sure. And back then, man. And they disbanded the unit after a while because it was, they, it was too good. You know, they, they well, enticed. I wouldn't have thought this guy was a cop. It doesn't sort of look like they teach that at the police academy. Yeah, but he has a pistol out. Yeah. And uh, sometimes you have good things happen, like this torso. I photographed this kid in Coney Island and um, didn't think anything of it. But about 20 years or 25 years later, uh, he turns out to be a bodybuilder and, and told me that if I want to come to his gym, he'd work with me. he train you? Yeah. you take him up I'm not ready. I'm, no, because I, when he says I'll tighten you up a little bit, that, that, that could kill me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now, this is, you know, we were talking about the Central Park thing, and, and, and you know, that's work that you've done in recent, recent times. I don't, know, I don't know when this photograph was taken, but I know you worked a lot in Central Park. Yeah. Life. And and again, it goes back to the idea that you go out with a kind of game plan. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you go out and take pictures, but sometimes you might just go out mm -hmm. with an with a with an idea yeah. of what you were doing. And I think, oh wow, Central Park was interesting to explore for me. Um, there's a. a um, an area that's thrown uh, rock fences, you know, you can't get in it. It's just for bird sanctuary. But one day I saw someone go through the fence. So I checked it out and he had, he had slit a hole in, the, in this place. So I waited till next year and I went in there at six in the morning looking around, but then I saw there were several people sleeping in there. Mm. And they were still asleep. I said, this is no place for me. Mm. You know, but that shows you how crazy. I mean, that's a bird sanctuary. No one's supposed to go in there. Someone cuts the stainless chain link fence and gets, makes uh, a way to get in. Mm. So, so the subway was full, full of things like that that happened to me. You mean in Central Park? In Central Park, yeah. yeah. Central Park. Wow. Now, this is an important picture because it's about trust. Her name is Lola. She was a hat designer in the 40s. Anyway, uh, she's a habitual uh, feeder of the various um, birds, not just pigeons, but Ricardo, whatever. And one day I took her to the Plaza Hotel for breakfast. And on her cart, all the seeds were falling out of the cart. So we had a, a long red copper full of her seeds, you know. Mm. And I think the, ra the, the rolls disappeared too. But anyway, <laughs> she told me, I can f always photograph her, but not her face. Never will I allow you to photograph my face. So I said, fine. But then there was a storm, and he tur she turned suddenly. It was too good. There were icicles. Written on a so I 
I took the picture. That was the end of our relationship. And it was very sad. You, do you have that photograph here or no? No. No. So that she really got upset about that. Oh, go back one to the, yeah, you were talking about danger. Um, <clears throat> this is the Bethesda fountain? Uh, uh, this is Bethesda fountain. Central Park. And, uh, I felt I needed to photograph it with the, with the moon, but um, <clears throat> I, it was too dark. So I had my assistant hold a flash on the other side, and I'd say, uh, Jan, shut her open, flash, and she'd flash. And I'd say, okay, shut her open, Jan, flash, and she'd flash. I said, Jan, let's see now. Okay, another one. Um, uh, shut her open, Jan, flash, and then behind me in the black bushes, a man said, flash, Jan, flash. <laughs> and I said, Jan, time to go home. <laughs> Jan didn't flash, did no, she? No, no, she didn't okay. flash. But I, I, I went back the next day all by myself with very high-speed Kodak. I had just come out with a high-speed film, and I didn't need lights. Mm -hmm. I just, so was that like 30, that's the picture. 30, what is that, 3200? Yeah, 30, yeah, Kodak 3200 was amazing. Um, now, you like, to work, you like to work alone a lot. I mean, you, you don't yeah. usually use assistance. I mean, the 100th Street series, for yeah, example. Yeah, not in the beginning, but no, not, no. I like to be by myself. Why do you feel it? What is the reasoning behind it? When you have someone there, there's a tension. Mm -hmm. There's always something. Mm -hmm. Now, I train my assistants not to talk to me while we're in the, in the Central Park. You know? Really? Now, if they break that, what uh, happens? We can talk up until we get to the park. But once we're in the park where, where, our, where our sense organs are focused on what might be an interesting picture, maybe someone sleeping under a tree or something like that, you know, mm. or someone with dogs. Mm. So, yeah, I, I work, I like to work sort of by myself. And what were the earliest, uh, I mean, what was it that made you come to New York from Chicago? Was it, had you already established yourself well, as My mother was a single parent and then eventually married, remarried, and uh, her husband moved his business to New York. So, goodbye Chicago. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, this work, a lot, the Central Park stuff, I guess, you know, you don't live far from the park. You live a few blocks. Two, block, yeah. Yeah, two blocks from the park. But is this over a certain period of time or? Yeah. Okay. Oh, oh this is, uh, right. this is what, when I, my assistant. <laughs> that's your assistant? Uh, no, no. That's, that's, that, that's uh, my assistant. That's Jan. She's flashing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> No, more than that. We got to the, I saw that, and I said to, to Jan, I, <laughs> Love we, it. we were talking about, sort of joking with you about the difference between an assistant and a slave, you know? And uh, then we came upon this guy, and I said, uh, Jan, could you fix his underwear there? Something's sticking out. <laughs> <laughs> and she said, now I know the difference between a slave, you know, and an assistant. Okay. And so, but obviously we didn't touch him, but I thought that... Uh, I just, now I'm, now I, I didn't even notice I it could, I now. could, yeah. Okay. I, I okay, let's change a, pictures here. This uh, is, uh, uh, 
Do we have a license to show this stuff? Okay. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, again, I, it goes back to, I mean, it, it, the, I'd like to just talk to you a little bit more about how you develop a rapport. I mean, it's interesting. You engage with the one guy. You don't take a picture without their permission, except yeah. for the hat design. Yeah. Destroy the relationship. Yeah. But, um, I mean, these people, they, they obviously trust you. They feel comfortable with you. Yeah, and, and I have my little portfolio if I, if it's, it's up. But most of the time, I, there are people who like to be seen, you know. Yeah. And I have a cam, big camera, and I have a tripod, and I look like a photographer. No, I mean, there's a lot of empathy, I think, in the, in, yeah. in the and, and, um There's one picture in there, a, a woman wearing a $100,000 mink coat and with two white dogs, little fluffy dogs, you know. And um, I went up to her and I said, what kind of dogs are those? They're beautiful dogs. Now, I didn't come up to her and say, may I take your picture? I said, I, we're talking about their dog. I said, do, would you mind if I took a picture of your dogs? And I did. I said, would you mind being in the picture with the dogs? <laughs> oh, sure, that would be great. See, so in other words, you, you may be a little bit of a con artist, and we know about, we've learned a lot in the next uh, last few years about uh, yeah, con sure. artists. So, uh, yeah. yeah, but it's just sort of, that's rather, now, <clears throat> it doesn't always happen for the best, because one, my, one of our daughters, who turns out to be a photographer, uh, when she was 10 or 11 or 12 years old, we'd go on photo dates. And I said, when you photograph someone, you have to ask their permission. So when say, you would go on photo dates, she would actually take photographs as well. Yeah, I, have, I had oh, a great. little half-frame 35-millimeter camera that she had, the, my daughter mm. would have. So we see this guy st sitting on a stoop with a white hat. He's gorgeous, you know. I said, Anna, this is daddy's picture. Uh, <laughs> well, Anna's doing quite well herself. Yeah, yeah I know. So, she said, but you promised me. I said, okay, but remember the protocol. And she went up there and she asked him, he looked at her, kind of, okay. So she took the picture, came back. I said, well, now it's Natty's turn. And I walk up to this guy, he said, her, not you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, oh, wow. So the, the dynamic he didn't mind the kid taking the picture. Yeah, right? he knew about May I take your picture? Yeah. Ah, that's great. Now, these are in Paris, I believe. Mm -hmm. Par um, landscape, Paris mm. landscapes. I, an assistant there, very good on the computer, found the different parks in Paris, and we would scout them. You know, it had, it had a place that we'd like. And then now you're in Los Angeles, the new, yeah. new work. Yeah, let's yeah, talk I about I sort of fell in love with uh, tall palms. Mm. I thought they're very noble, very lyrical, very beautiful. Now, um, now I, I would think that, that, that you know, doing photographs in Los Angeles, a little different than 100, East 100th Street. Yeah. Um, compositionally, though, probably interesting because of everything being sort of spread yeah. out. Yeah. You know. Well, I, I, I'm the kind of person that has to go on, you know. I'm, I'm really like a kid to play with a toy for a while and discard yeah. it mm -hmm. for another toy. And so this is recent work. When were these photographs? Uh, in the last 
three years maybe. Mm. Uh, someone I know who's a landscape architect told me about ivy growing underneath the 405 when the frame you just saw. Oh, right. Yeah, right, okay. that's yeah, ivy wow, growing wow. Uh, along the underneath where there isn't any real light. Mm. So that was a lot of fun for me to explore L.A. without a grudge. <laughs> and, and here's where, oh, that's great. This, yeah. where I uh, was able to get behind it, and my assistant helped me get here. I had to pull on a rope, this rope on a stake. Now, this work you're doing is film, I think. It's film, yeah. right? Film. Oh, yeah, film. film. Right? Now, digital, have you embraced the digital? Um... I try to stay away from it. Mm. Why is that? Why is that? It's too good. It's, too, it's, it's, it's almost too much. However, I say that my a project I'm working on now could only be done with a digital camera because the, uh, analog cameras are not, the film is not sensitive to them. I'm, I'm talking about 4,000 ASA, you know, OSI. You know, really, mm. I could photograph in any darkness and sometimes I use the camera to look into the darkness but and the pictures are really good but I don't like them didn't you tell me that you were doing yeah it's interesting I think you told me that you went back and did a whole series of your oh, photographs I got so pissed off at, at, at digital that, that I started all over again the mm. project that I'm working on doesn't move so <laughs> I, I'm working now with Tri-X and a Hasselblad and you know and a yeah. small tripod, maybe. Well, you know, I flew right through these. I was like, oh, these are a lot of photographs, and we just kind of whipped through them. Now, what do you think, Bruce? Do you think we should take some questions, maybe, oh, from, sure, from anybody, if anybody yeah. has any questions yeah. about Oh, yeah. Because I'm interested to hear what bored. other people have to, might have to say. Yeah. Or not intelligent, doesn't oh, matter. Yeah. We'll figure it out. Okay, I want to go back to this because yeah. this is the series for me. This, this, Hundred Street. Hundred Street. Yeah. yeah. And it must have required a fair amount of patience, right? Oh, yeah. With that. You can't, yeah. And, and one of the things I just wanted to say because Paul had mentioned it in the introduction about passion and it's in the intro in your book. And I've discovered that for me, you know, patience is, is a, an important. A virtue in, in, in pursuing your passion, and you really have to mm -hmm. demonstrate patience, you know, and, I'm, and, and those two things uh, go together for me, I mean, patience and, and passion. Uh, yeah. And uh, anyway, so I wanted to ask you about that, you know, developing a rapport with these people, the amount of patience that that might yeah. have taken. Yeah. Well, fortunately, I had the Citizens Committee uh, okay me. And, and help me uh, obtain inside interior photographs. So that was fine. I would just go there. And um, I was always safe. Even at night, I went to a social club, you know, and um, someone would walk me to my, I had a Volkswagen bus at that time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, um this guy, I, I, I'm taken with this picture because of the guy's sense of style, you know. Yeah, he, he's holding on as much of his humanity as he possibly can. He's very high, 
you know. He's king in the mountains, you see. He's standing on a little hill of rubble, and, and he's, he, he wants to look good. And he's loaded on, on smack. And, oh, yeah. Yeah. In the next frame, I even photograph, by accident, photographed the transition. Yeah, I've seen that photo, but it's not here, I don't believe. But Maybe, no. Him, him, him yeah. buying the, buying the yeah. drugs. And uh, the family of ten. Yeah. And um, that the, 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 the people there that live in East Harlem are connected. You know, it's their place, their home. Yeah. And you knew that you wanted to do a large family. Uh, to begin with, because that's unusual for me. You know, also, it's something that would, would be pleasant to look at, you know, mm. and necessary. Mm. So, I mean, the Citizens' Committee are trying to renovate those apartments, you know, they have mm. holes in the wall. Now, did, they, did the Citizens' Committee think that your photography was going to help change yeah. their, their plight? Yeah, I think the they did the at the end, after the first year, yeah. They saw that these photographs were consistent. Mm. And there were families and there were environments um, and, uh, and there were people. Oh, I think we have, a, a, we have somebody steps up oh. and has a question to ask. I, I don't have a question, but <laughs> I just have a comment. 16 years ago, my daughter and I moved into East 100th Street. And I think talking to the old timers, you were extremely brave because they tell me how bad the block is. It's not that bad anymore. Yeah. But there is um, yearly, they have an old timers day in the summer to celebrate the block. And they always put up your pictures. Uh, and uh, it's really, really nice to see the changes. It has improved tremendously. Uh -huh. Now they want us out because it's gentrified. Uh -huh. But I just wanted you to know that Everybody remembers you, and they put up your pictures every oh, single year. Good. Oh, that's well, wonderful. At the, at the Union Settlement, I, I donated a whole exhibition, a frame, and they hung it on the walls, but high, so no one could take it. <laughs> <laughs> no, here, they have, they have a, a whole series of your pictures uh -huh. back then, and the way it looks now. Oh, I did. It's really nice. So I, you're, you're well remembered. I just want oh, to Well, that's that. what photography is about. That's what the power of the image. Right. And I recognize some of I, what I believe is the building where I live in. Uh -huh. And it has, when I, when I went to look at the apartment 16 years ago, they had a dog living in one of the bedrooms. But it has changed a lot. It they has, had what in the bedroom? A dog. There a, was a dog. A dog. So 16 years, there was still, it was a little rough. But uh -huh. it has changed. It's, gentr it's gentrified the time a little bit. So they, they, they said that Bruce was brave to be doing yeah. what he was doing at the time because the neighborhood was, was, was rough, was dangerous at that time? A according to the old timers, not even the police would go into the block because it was protected by the people that lived there. Uh -huh. And there were, obviously, there was there were drugs and there were there yeah. was stuff going on. Oh, oh yeah. So not even the block was known for being so dangerous that not even the police would go in there. So you were extremely brave and well, big camera and a tripod. Uh, <laughs> you know, you know. I, I mean, I think somehow or other. Well, who was with you? You didn't have the jokers with you. That no, might have been a problem. Yeah, that might problem. I, uh, I, I was nice to everybody. You know, and. Um, 
And Vinny, the defense, uh, gave me, uh, sold me $15,000 foot, 15,000 feet of ectochrome movie film. When I, at the end of it, I started wa wanting to make a movie. And uh, so yeah, I was really connected with the mafia yeah. at, at the same time, you know. Everybody wanted to have their picture taken. Excuse me, sir. When was the last time that you went to Andrew? Well, I, w I went there not too long, couple, maybe a couple of years ago, okay. on, the on the Open Society Fellowship. Okay. Yeah, that, that took me all into Spanish Harlem again. Okay. Yeah. So thank you very oh, much. Oh, thank you for that. That's uh, it's it's proof of the pudding. Thank you. <laughs> okay. Another question. In the biography, uh, you mentioned bringing in photographers to teach other students that there, were, there was some mention of teaching. And I'm wondering who, or perhaps if it wasn't an individual who taught you directly, who were some of your mentors? Because when I look at the Subway series, I think of Walker Evans, he worked very differently than you, but maybe taking pictures with the camera hidden you know, in his coat or something like that. Um, I'm wondering if there were teachers that influenced you and also what your most dangerous situation was that you found yourself in when you were yeah. taking pictures. Well, that's two questions. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, certainly Walker, I wasn't aware of Walker Evans' uh, subway pictures at the time I was doing that. Later I was pointed out, but they had nothing to do with I mean, I, I, I wouldn't, I would never hide the camera. Yeah, that's not your style because you said earlier that you, you taught, even taught your daughter the etiquette yeah. of the way that you like to work, I which always, is you always have to ask first, which I think is... Uh, yeah, I'm or a, afterwards. I mean, you can't, you know, you, you, yeah. you know. I, 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 Come on now. Sometimes I, took, sometimes I took the, took the picture and so do you mind if I take said, your I'm picture? sorry it went off. It's worse than Walker Evans. <laughs> yeah, no, I... I'm sorry. Yeah, that's yeah. better. Let them yeah. resent you rather yeah. than you resenting them for not allowing you no, to take I, I, there was. I remember one, one scene in the, air, in the subway where I, there was a man, and this is a crowded f rush hour, a man with pack, par, uh, eggs, uh, eyes that were droopy, you know, and an and a hat, a black hat, a Hamburg. And I w was about 18 inches from him, and he took a picture of the wine angle. And, and I said, I hope I didn't disturb you, but I just, you look so great there. He said, you didn't disturb me, I'm totally blind. I said, how do you know when to get off? I count the doors, so many doors on the left, so many on the right. And then, so, wow. that is to say, you can't always be right about your observation. Hmm, interesting. <clears throat> I guess you had the second question, right? Was a dangerous situation? Did you want to answer that? What's that? I thought the KKK one was pretty bad. Uh, he asked what the most dangerous situation oh, you oh, had. Yeah. You know, anything can be dangerous, you know, yeah. if you don't do it right. Hmm. I mean, if, if you, yeah, anything can be dangerous oh. if well, the situation is in such a way. I was lucky with the Klan, I just spoke, I went off, you know. 
We got a few people here. Yeah. Hi. Um, I heard about you for maybe 10, 15 years before I ever saw any of your pictures. I was married to Junior, and he had told us how, um, oh. you know, this kind of older guy came and hung out with them at the beach one summer and just kind of followed them around. But, but he was cool, so, you know, we let him hang, you know? <laughs> and, he's, and he took pictures and... Um, then when the book came out, I had gone up to the Museum of Photography in his place because he just wasn't able to make it. And um, I, I just think, you, you know, your, your photographs are great. I wish I had bought the book that night. I bought one for my brother-in-law, and uh, I was going to get mine later, and then I forgot all about it, and now I see it's on Amazon for like $700 or something. <laughs> <laughs> which, which guy is Junior, if I can ask, and the Joker's here? We have a few pictures. Is he in any of these photos? Oh, yeah, he was on the cover um, with the cigarette and the magazine under his arm. Um, ah, let's in, get to Junior right here. That, well, you just passed him. That's Junior? <laughs> no, that's him with the cigarette. That was him. That's Junior. And uh, on the cover photo with Bob in the background and Lefty uh -huh. in the front. Well, and they're know. all gone now. But the, they'll live forever yeah. through your work, so thank yeah. you. Which neighborhood, if you don't mind me asking, what neighborhood were, they, were the guys from, the Jokers? Park Slope. Park Slope? And what Park was the Park. ethnic group? The Irish, Italian? Irish, Italian. Irish, Cup, Irish Polish. Irish, Italian. Yeah. All right, great, thank you. It's, love these photos, man, really. Hi, how are you? I just want to say I've been a fan of your work since I was maybe 10 years old. Um, and I guess my main question is, is I work in the photo industry right now and dealing with a lot of photographers who shoot digital and I get thousands and thousands of images to go through. I look at your photos and I'm suddenly put in this meditative state. It reminds me of a film still or something comforting like a warm blanket. And I guess my question is, is what would be your message to young emerging photographers who have access to these digital cameras and almost in an ADD sort of way are just constantly clicking and not even thinking about the composition or the feeling behind the photograph? Mm -hmm. um, if there's anything you had to say to these young photographers, what would it be? Uh, always come back. Don't just take one picture and leave. Come back. Come back. The next Great. day. Great. That's yeah. the patience. Yeah, just to emerge yourself. You know. Um. Your photos certainly teach us patience. And, you know, when I see contemporary photography, I see a lot of repetition. And I just want to say thank you for reminding us about patience and yeah, the beauty of composition. I think also for coming back. I think that's, that's yeah. really coming great. Coming back, yeah. You've got, that's where the magic is, right? Yeah. You know, you didn't, Amy, you, two years on East Harlem. Okay, Paul, wrapping us up here? No, no, no. I actually, I want you to wrap it up. Because okay. I, um, <clears throat> it's a wrap. But not, not yet, not yeah. yet, not okay. yet. Um, you know, what was just said about patience is, yeah. is so extraordinary. Yeah. I, I also say that we don't, we don't, I don't know, your life is like what you, I've never been all alone. I have, my wife has been, been an incredible editor and a writer. Uh, my uh, Amina, 
uh, just uh, makes everything sort of work for me, you know? You're alone in the company of others. Uh, yeah, I'm now in, a, I'm no longer the loner, you know? I may be a loner, but I have a, a group of people behind me that make me, allow me to go on, you know? So that's, that's my new world. My new world, I bring people in because I can't do it all by myself anymore. So you're, you're alone in the company of others. That's right, and they can make, help me with all the kinds of things that I need, you know, to, be, to make a photograph, you know. Make no, it, photograph. It, it was once said that attention is a form of prayer. And, you know, the, the notion of coming back again and again and again is so important. Matt, um, when we spoke a little bit before, before you came on stage, you, you spoke about how those photographs that you then Xeroxed and put on the wall um, changed the way you looked at the world. Uh, they, they, they changed the way you looked at the world, you perceived it, and also changed the way you made films and yeah. you directed. Mm -hmm. if, if you could wrap up this evening by talking a little bit about how those ephemeral moments that, that uh, Bruce took and that some other photographers took because you have a passion for photography changed your outlook on the world. Well, I mean, it's impossible for it to not, you know, when you're looking at photographs like these photographs, the composition to not wash over you and have an effect on you. And, uh, I, you know, I'm not a photographer per se. Or not. Um, I'm, and then when I was looking at these photographs, it was when I was, uh, uh, you know, it was, you know, I, I was looking at them in research as an actor, you know. And, but I think they affected me. And I, and I was funny because I was, you know, talking to a friend the other day, and I said, you know, they, they, these Bruce's pictures have been with me for a long time. You know, they really have been with me for a long time. And I said there were two photographers that at that time there was William Klein, and of course there was, and then it was Bruce Davidson's photographs. You know, uh, at, at that time that had that 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 impact on me, and that and that later carried over into you know my work as a director and. You know, I started to look at things in a, photographically. So, I mean, the, the, the pictures are very cinematic, you know. And, uh, you know, I, I can identify with a lot of things because I have taken, taken pictures in, in my work, of what, whether I've done work as a filmmaker and I've also done work taking photographs myself in, like, for example, last May I was in, I was in Myanmar. Uh, Burma, in uh, the Rakhine state, where the, the, these Rohingya, the Rohingya refugees are, it's, it's a horrible situation. They're not refugees, but they're internally displaced people, most persecuted people in the world, and that's a whole sad story in and of itself. But, um, you know, uh, the pe people there, they, they wanted to have their picture taken, and I, I felt at times you could see how, you know, uh, people trying to maintain that, that dignity, you know, that, that their personal dignity mm -hmm. in the, you know, difficult situation that they were in. But, you know, I, your photographs are powerful. There's a lot of empathy in the work, and I think that's important, I think. I think that, like, w what you talked about, having, 
you know, you know, taught your daughter about the etiquette of t- how to take a picture. I think that's really important. I mean, that there, there's empathy there, that you're not looking at, at your subject as something that is, uh, you know, a freak, you know, or something like that, you know. I don't know. I've, I've always been an admirer. There's a lot of, the work has, the photos have soul, you know. I, that's how I would define it. And that's what I look for, heart, soul, in the work, and that's always been there. I mean, these pictures of these guys from the gang, I feel, I feel in a funny way that I know them, you know? And yeah. we come back to them. Yeah. We come back to your photographs. Mm-hmm. Matt, Dylan, Bruce Davidson, thank you so very much. Thanks for listening to the New York Public Library podcast. If you like what you hear, subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, or Stitcher. And please leave us a review. It really helps us out a lot. You can follow NYPL on Twitter or Facebook and sign up for our newsletter at nypl.org.